I just could not believe it. <sighs> like, I was, like, tears. Like, it was, like, for me, I put in four years of work to get to that point, and I, that wasn't even my, like, my recovery. Like, I just wanted to stay clean. Episode 3 of the AddictionUnscripted.com podcast. I'm your host, Claire Foster. It's spring training, so I've interviewed athlete Michael Nicholas, a Portland area runner who went from low bottom heroin addict to finishing the Ironman competition, one of the world's most challenging races. I love Mike's story because it shows not only the amazing potential that people have in recovery, but also that we don't get there alone. This is addictionunscripted.com. Have we got a story for you? Mike Nicholas at First Pass seems like a perfectly ordinary guy. He's kind, friendly, a little bit shy, and he's of service in his community. He lives in Portland, Oregon with his fiance. He drives a truck, he has a job, and his face lights up whenever you talk about the two things that he loves, recovery and running. When I met Mike, he'd been sober for a couple of years. He's a recovered heroin addict, and his bottom was strung out and homeless, holding a cardboard sign by the side of the road to try to panhandle money to score more dope. Mike had been arrested for selling drugs, drugs that had passed from one set of hands to another and ended in a fatal overdose for someone he didn't know and had never even met. He was arrested and was looking at a serious prison sentence. Instead of turning tail and running, or panicking, or overdosing himself, Mike decided to get sober. It was the beginning of a long and crazy journey for him. To deal with the stress of new sobriety, the stress of living in a homeless, drug-free shelter, and the panic of possibly serving a 10-year prison sentence at the federal level, Mike started running. He got a pair of beat-up shoes and started running one or two miles at a time, just enough to take the edge off. It turns out that he liked it, and when a heroin addict likes something, they do it a lot. Four months later, when he was ready to turn himself into prison to serve his sentence, he was running at least 40 miles a week. That's two marathons a week, and he was getting pretty good at it. Furthermore, his body had changed a lot, and he'd noticed that training sober was very different than anything he'd ever done while he was high. Mike didn't have to serve his entire sentence. He was released early to go to treatment. While he was in treatment, he kept running, and he kept getting better and faster and stronger. Someone suggested that he reach out to local athletic companies, so he did. And one at a time, they started giving him a positive response. Mike kept doing the footwork, and the road opened up ahead of him. Your running and athleticism and your recovery are so intertwined. Um, do you feel like your recovery gives you a competitive advantage? Um, no, I feel like it does because it, it allows me to accept myself for where I'm at. It allows me to like shut down the negative thinking um, and 
and and flip the script and turn it into something positive. I have this huge spiritual advantage, like knowing like that I'll be okay. Even if something bad happens, I'll be okay. I have this ability to deal with um, problems as they, as they come up and not let them stop me. Um, it, it allows me to have faith and especially like, since I don't, since I'm, since I'm sober and I don't drink and I don't do any drugs or, or anything, I also don't have that extra calorie, the extra calories of, of <laughs> you know, the two beers. Yeah. I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about being too hungover to show up for, for practice at 530 like, in the morning. Or having to lose and weight some, before, you know, to like get slim yeah. before a competition. Yeah. I, I don't know about you, but I, I prefer to eat my carbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Carbs are my friend. I don't drink carbs. That's nasty. <laughs> Yeah, no, no thanks. I'd rather have them taste good. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I know people who, um, you know, like like we were talking about earlier, who will use like an edible, you know, edible weed or, you know, marijuana tincture. Or I've met people who would take um, opiate painkillers before a competitive event or s- something to kind of like distract the mind and numb the body. And it sounds like it's really not that great, frankly. I mean, do you, do you, how do you, how do you, okay. My experience is that like training intensely and I'm not even at your level, but, but intense training is physically painful. So how do you deal with the physical discomfort when in the back of your mind, you may have the idea that like, you know, you have a coping mechanism. It's just going to kill you. Um, well, my, I can, I can, with, with the pain, I can tell myself several things. Like I have this thought process that I go through for like, for me, when I'm in a hard, hard training or doing some, a lot of intensity work, um, that's when, and when it hurts really, really bad. Like when I'm on, when I'm in a sprint triathlon and I'm on like, I'm on the run leg and I'm pushing a really, really, really hard pace, like a sub 20 minute 5k at the after swimming and biking and my legs are burning and it hurts and my lungs are burning. That's like, I've trained myself to cope with that. Like that's normal. Um, and tell myself that, Hey, that pain is just lactic acid building up. It'll be okay. Your body's going to push it out. Or like the, the type of training for Ironman is like training those, taking those long days and knowing what it's like to put in 80 miles on a bike plus 19 miles of running and being mentally prepared for it. Um, it is really, really, really key when it comes to any sort of endurance athletics. Um, a lot of it is just cognitive. A lot of it is like, you know, I'll be okay. This, this is normal. Uh, like, or I'll see somebody in front of me when it hurts and be like, I can catch them. I can catch them. I can catch them. And then catch them and, and pass them. Um, and just being able to push myself beyond even what I think I can do, um, sometimes it's just blocking it out. And I think that anybody that's doing use that uses like an opioid or, um, or maybe a marijuana tincture or even ibuprofen, it really affects how the, especially with endurance athletics, it really affects how the body processes the lactic acid, how the liver functions, how the, the cardiovascular system reacts to that. And like, especially with something like opiates, um, if you're, 
if you can't feel when something is like really wrong, you're just going to get, it's just going to make that injury worse uh, when you can't feel it. Through other athletes and members of Portland's sport community, Mike met a coach and got even more serious about his training. He ran through everything, his recovery's ups and downs, changes with his housing, and his job search. He ran half marathons, full marathons, and triathlons. His training and his recovery were the two constants in his life. And then, last year, he signed up for the Ironman, one of the world's most challenging triathlons. The Ironman is a series of long-distance races, a 2.4-mile swim, followed by a 112-mile bike race, and then a full marathon, 26.2 miles of running. There are no breaks in between. The grueling course weeds out people every year. Even Olympic athletes have failed before they reached the finish line. Mike signed up, and got serious about making it happen. She hooked him up with me as a triathlon coach um, and a running coach. And uh, like he's still my coach to this day. And um, it's just been that part of my story, like that beginning part was like how all these people just kind of like snatched me up and said, hey, you know, you like doing this stuff? <laughs> we'll help you. We'll help support you. And these are people that didn't want, just like in recovery, these people didn't want anything from me. They just wanted me to be successful and, and stay sober. Like, that's all they wanted. That's um, amazing. Mm -hmm. That's really amazing. Well, and, and you think about it, you know, if you had still been in active addiction or if your recovery hadn't been on a solid foundation, I mean – the odds are slim that somebody would have been like, hey, active junkie, here's a $3,000 bike. I'll buy it back from you off of Craigslist. <laughs> you know what I <laughs> oh, mean? Yeah. If I didn't have the solid foundation in, in my recovery um, and doing the work that it takes and, and having, the, the, uh, having the humility to accept these gifts and not take them for granted, um, that's what that's what the spiritual work has done for me like you know being involved in 12-step programs being active in my recovery taking care of myself spiritually i wouldn't have been able to handle any of it and on top of on top of all the good stuff that i've been given um i was also like after i did that first triathlon um i i was featured on oregon sports final as one of their local athletes in, in one their athlete spotlight and and prior to um prior to that first triathlon um i had gotten interviewed by um oh, what was it paul linman on 1190 kex and that was really 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 cool um all of these really amazing people Showing up to just support you. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is an amazing story. Um, when, I mean, okay, so so I was downtown last night, uh, and, you know, I was down by the, you know, one of the uh, Max stations downtown, and, you know, there's a lot of, like, street youth, a lot of different kinds of people down there, and there was this guy, I thought of you, there was this guy, just a normal looking guy, 
who was clearly kind of like strung out. And he was trying to pull up this pair of running shorts, like those baggy like basketball shorts. It was 40 degrees, okay? And he's like yelling at the top of his lungs and struggling with his pants. And I looked at him and his right leg was completely swollen up. And he had this, a, a gash the size of your palm in his upper thigh that was clearly infected, like an infected abscess. Mm-hmm. It was massive. And I thought, I thought of you because I was like, your body must have changed so much from shooting dope oh. to now. I mean, because oh. you finished the Ironman this year, right? I did. You um, finished that the was fucking my... Iron Man. Like, what what happened with you physically? Like, what were the physical changes like? <laughs> the the physical changes. Um, the I I started running just to help me cope with the, the after effects of withdrawal because you know like the 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 acute effects um, they last they last only three days but the after effects can last for a month or two months and that's the not sleeping the sweating the goose flesh. Um, the the overwhelming anxiety that comes with getting cleaner. I did it just to help me cope with those and and um, coming from that and putting in the work to like after I did those first few triathlons, I knew I wanted to do an Ironman because um, when I was I think I was like twelve or thirteen. I remember watching this the Ironman Hawaii on TV when I was twelve or thirteen. I'm like wow. 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike, and a full marathon after that. Those guys are nuts. I want to do that someday. But I didn't know how, and there was a lot of stuff that happened in between then and this, this Ironman. But, like, getting up every day and six days a week before, like, anybody else gets up and putting that work in the pool and, um, and on the track and on the trails. And um, it... it turned my it 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 it's such a turnaround from the the track marked junkie that the life that I was using and um an unfortunate consequence of my actions is that, that I have hep C um from IV drug use but if if I if I'm not doing the things that I'm doing to take care of my body then like it could be much, much, much worse for me. Um, and I've had cellulitis a couple of times, um, that I've, you know, I've had abscesses, um, and the body is an amazing thing. Like it's given me the second opportunity to, um, you know, let it heal itself and make it stronger. And it takes, a it takes a lot of internal strength to do, something like an Ironman, like any triathlon, um, knowing that like putting in the work, the daily work. And it's like, I, I equate it to recovery because it takes dedication. It takes practice. It takes, you know, maybe falling on my ass a couple of times. It takes, um, getting injured sometimes for me to learn a lesson, like, you know, yeah. um, and my body's just, changed a hundred percent. Like a lot of people gain a lot of weight in recovery, um, because of their eating habits get out of control because food can be an addiction too, um, or a coping mechanism, mechanism, to uncomfortable, um, feelings. But for me, that's not the case. Um, 
And, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that I have this gift to be able to do this, um, to be able to put in the daily work, to do something like an Ironman. And I, when I, when I, when I finished that race, I could not. You're a miracle. I just excuse me for a second. That's okay. I just I just You were a miracle. I just could not believe it. Like I was like tears. Like it was like for me, I put in four years of work to get to that point, and I that wasn't even my like my recovery. Like I just wanted to stay clean. It's pretty amazing. And crossing that finish line at four years clean and four years of of work into it and going through all the barriers and all the hardships and recovery brings us because it's not some people think that when you get clean that things get easy but they don't they just get different I, um, and choosing to not like despite those bad days right and not telling myself that a, that a drink or a drug isn't going to solve the problem that I'm dealing with when I'm having those hard days. And that, you know, putting one foot in front of the other, whether it was in training or in recovery and accepting the good things, like it brought me to that point where I could cross that finish line and hear the announcer say... And hear the <coughs> and hear the announcer say, "Michael Nicholas, you are an Iron Man." You are not just a finisher, but a winner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, you are an Iron Man. That was probably one of the most powerful points in my recovery. Mike was overwhelmed not just with the physical effort of a grueling 12-hour race, but with the intense sense of gratitude he felt for how far he'd come and for the many, many people who had reached out to help him, asking for nothing in return. He was humbled, he was proud, and he was happy. I was so tired and I was so, like, just, <laughs> I was so done that I couldn't say anything, but these tears were just coming down my face because it's such a long distance and a lot can go wrong but and a lot and a lot did go wrong but I didn't let it stop me both in my recovery and in the race and and having that dedication that things are going to work out maybe not how I want them but they're going to work out and like when I cross that finish line I 
it was it was so emotional like i said mike looks and sounds like a completely normal guy until you go to hug him he feels like he's carved out of wood you wouldn't know how incredibly strong he is until you've heard his story and experienced some of what he has to share. He's an incredible man, and he continues to grow in his recovery and in his athleticism. For him, the two things are inseparable. So this is one question that I like to ask everybody I interview. Um, obviously, obviously, this is not... I mean it when I say you're a miracle. I'm. I will bet. I would bet you ten million dollars that when you were shooting dope and fucking off your life, that you did not envision this future for yourself. Right. Oh. <laughs> you were like, yeah, on my to-do list, vomiting at the fourteen-mile mark. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, know, you know, being a respected like. You, you are you are a professional athlete you are you are in my mind an olympic level athlete and i'm incredibly lucky to know you um i'm willing to bet that that's not what you thought was in the cards for you oh if, god no yeah i remember you... i remember i remember when i was out there one time doing what we do um and the person that i was with had stopped this guy that he knew and this guy had like 60 days clean. And I remember being like, and this was when I was still using, I remember being like, he's got 60 days clean. Like, there's no way, like, I can't even go a week, like, let alone two days. It's such a, um, uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's so, when you're in it, you don't see your way out of it. But when you're out of it, you look back and you're like, I, I would have never thought like yeah. when I when I was in it that any of this would have been possible because all I knew was to drink and use. Like that's all I knew, and I didn't know that there was these other things out there that could happen. So, the question that I like to ask is: if you could say something to the person you were before all of this. What would you say to him? Um, that's that's a really hard question to answer because there's so much that I would want to say to myself. Um, and sometimes I, I'd want to go back in anger and yell at myself, but I know how I respond to anger is I don't respond to anger very well. Um, I think I would just tell myself kindly, compassionately, like, hey, you know, there's another way, but it's, it's going to be uncomfortable for a little bit, but it's going to work out. Like if you do these things, it'll, it'll work out. Um, and it by no means is it easy, but it's a lot better than flying a sign on the freeway for dope money. And you are worth it. Um, because no, I had never believed when I was, when I was out there using, I never believed that I was worth anything that I was always going to be, um, fucked off because that's all anybody told me I was going to be. Um, and just tell myself that, Hey, I'm worth saving 
I'm worth not doing dope. It's going to be okay. It's going to be a little uncomfortable, but there's a way out. And, you know, all you have to do is ask for the help. That's amazing. I'm so glad you did. I love Mike's story, not just because it has a happy ending, but because it's not over yet. Mike's amazing accomplishments in recovery have shown me and many other people what is possible when we finally get clean and start our lives over. He is not only strong inside, but outside, and he uses it to help other people. He would never brag about himself, so I will do it for him. Mike Nicholas is kind of a superhero, and he's not the only one of his kind. There are other people like Mike in the recovery community who are out there using their powers for good every day, never tooting their own horns. If you're listening to this, thank you for all you do for yourself, for your community, and for your world. And lace up your shoes, because we're going for a run. This is Claire Foster. Thanks for listening to this episode of the AddictionUnscripted.com podcast. You can hear more of our episodes online at AddictionUnscripted.com. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.